Oh no, there's another squad attacking. Welcome to the third party in Apex Legends podcast hosted by myself, Shay, and joined as always by my co-host, Henry. Henry, how's it going today? It's going really well, Shay. I'm getting really excited for the next season. I'm hungry for some new content. It, it's closer than we think. Like, yeah, it, it kind of feels far away. And you were talking about it with me because you're like, it's in a different month. And so there's like another mm-hmm. natural delay feel like that. But dude, this thing's right around the corner. We got to get on the rink grind. <laughs> yeah, we seriously do. Time is ticking. I mean, I'm out of town right now. So I apologize to anyone listening right now. If you're like, hey, Shay's mic sucks right now. It's not as good. I'm in a not as nice room. And if the dog gets loud during this appointment, I don't have any door to protect me. So uh, we'll, we'll bear with me here. But uh, that's why we're not grinding ranked right now. It's all Shay's fault. <laughs> Pretty much. You got to call it how it is. But we got a good episode today. Today we're reviewing the Savior's launch trailer, as well as going over some news, Newcastle's abilities in theory, and answering some listener questions. Before we do that, though, we want to make sure you join us on Discord to ask questions for the pod, chat Apex, find teammates, and receive third-party updates. Make sure you follow us on Twitter, at Shea and at HB Burson. Links for both those are in the description. If you want to support the podcast and get some awesome benefits, please consider supporting us on Patreon. The link for that is also in the episode description. One of the big benefits uh, to being a part of our Patreon community is participating in the third-party invitational private lobby tournaments. The next one will be on June 4th, kicks off at 12 p.m. PST. We're thinking about changing some rules up, potentially... Uh, we're polling right now uh, patrons to see what they think about this potential rule change. But as always, this is a first mm-hmm. come, first serve. Um, signups will start for the next tournament in about a week from now. So yep. sign up if you're interested, and we'll get that out to you. And join the Discord. That is how you will hear about the tournament. That's how you'll receive updates. If you have any trouble getting into the Patreon-exclusive channels on Discord. There's a description of how to do it on Patreon, but also just DM Henry or I, DM an admin. We'll set you up. That's how we can make sure you don't miss any of the updates for getting into the tournament. Um, but yeah, other exciting announcement. Um, we got some job announcements to make on the podcast today. Yeah, we um, do. First of which... I'm uh, starting a new position, which I'll get to why we're talking about this, but I'll be working in the creator space. going to be bugging Henry on the daily so we can do some even more work together. I know he's excited about that. Um, Yes, I am. But I'm going to be working for a company called Azurus, and I will just tease that. If I mean, if you want to talk about it and ask any questions, feel free to shoot me a message. But uh, stream might start up a little bit uh, for me on my end in about a couple weeks. If anybody is interested, let me know. I'm looking always going to might have to turn that on for some work stuff. So that could be fun. But the announcements that come out of that is the job I've been doing for the last, you know, six-ish months is looking to hire. And so I just want to extend to this awesome podcast community. If anyone is looking to get into the gaming industry at an entry-level position uh, to do some work in public relations, communications, um, please DM me on Discord, shoot me a message. I'd love to talk about it. You can tell me anything about your experience. It's seriously entry level. Like if you just got a college degree and that's all you're working off of and this is your dream, I'm happy to help set you up with a conversation. Um, And yeah, Henry and I tried to get into the gaming industry for so long. So any opportunity for us to try and help people along that route is something we've always wanted to do. 
For sure. Um, the other thing, another job position, Henry and I have talked about third-party productions a lot going on. Uh, if anyone has experience in audio editing or video editing, uh, working on podcasts in any way, shape, or form, YouTube videos, creating content, uh, please DM me. I would love to talk about it. We're looking to put some people in place when we eventually expand our team. And so if you're looking for any you know, part-time work that we hope will expand into you know, full-time stuff down the line, uh, we'd love to hear from you and talk about your experience. I think you, you said that. Great, Shay. That's exactly what we're looking cool. for. And please reach out. Um, there's a lot of big opportunity uh, yeah. coming with third-party productions. And we need people. So if mm-hmm. that sounds like you, certainly reach out to Shay. A hundred percent. And with that, let's dive into the Apex News. First piece of news, the Golden Week sale is live, comes with a nice Rampart, Horizon, and Wraith skin. I think these ones are pretty dang cool. I know these aren't characters you play except for Rampart, so maybe, maybe you'll be right. convinced. So it does come with you know Apex packs as well. What are your thoughts on these skins? Any skin that is gold as a primary color is going to yeah. be pretty cool. Um, it's pretty similar to if it is a black or a really dark skin with an accent color, it's going to be good. So I think these are welcome. And mm-hmm. because they're uh, a part of a sale, they'll probably be pretty rare. Um, so, you know, if that's the only thing you care about for skin value, then I think these are probably a good bet worth an investment if you like the look of them. Yeah, they're definitely cool. I, I would. Maybe. I'm thinking about the Wraith one potentially, but I don't think I'm going to pull the trigger because so much discussion about which account will uh, take when cross progression comes, yeah. so it's hard to make any big purchases currently. Um, next piece of news, though. First ALGS land. First ALGS land event in years is kicking off this weekend in Sweden on the 29th, and then the finals are on the 1st. It is going to be hopefully a fantastic environment to watch Apex. There's something about land competitions that just get the juices flowing. I watch a good amount of CDL stuff, and it's just a totally different environment than the online invitationals that Apex has been doing. There's going to be Twitch drops enabled on the stream. Uh, I know I'll be watching. I hope to goodness that it is a great event, and we'd recommend you check it out. I'm really excited as well. You know, we tried to put our name in to be there in some sort of a capacity, whether it be official or unofficial, but we didn't try that hard because just the timing of both mm-hmm. where we're at in our lives and work. And this kind of came up almost out of nowhere for us. Yeah. Like how much notice did we have to when this was actually got confirmed and was happening? Yeah, it was not not a long time, and we were we were planning on going to the LA one when that yeah. was the original plan, uh, but then that one got canceled. And so, yeah, making the trip to Sweden definitely causes a few extra hurdles, to say the least. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> but now let's dive into the big juicy news of the day: the Savior's launch trailer. And dude, I just gotta say before we dive into it, I'll let you give some you know first impressions as well. But it was really fun trailer i know we talked about it being a little bit short but the animation is always on the apex side of things impresses me and every time we get one of these launch trailers i'm just like oh man i want a tv show like that's all that's what like the first thing i think about every single time yeah yeah i i agree i i did like the flow of this one good story great visuals um you know when we get all the legends together i think that's when these trailers uh start Mm -hmm. to shine and we got to see that in a pretty unique way Always cool to actually see him come out of the dropship as well. 
because mm-hmm. they have a they have a very nice scene. The interior of the dropship that's new, and I think it looks pretty dang clean how they're lowered out. Um, but yeah, so let's go over some of the highlights. So this trailer showcases the arrival of Newcastle to the games as Bangalore's replacement, specifically. Uh, but then they do wind up on the same team for her last match. Mirage pokes some fun at Newcastle, saying it took him like 40 tries to get into the Apex game. So this is a guy that's been around for a while, been nearby, and is doing things. We get a sea monster then, which triggers security protocols. That's just what Bangalore said. We don't know like how official that kind of stuff is on Stormpoint, though. And with that comes out a security hold, and we see specters show up that, you know, very reminiscent of when Spectre showed up uh, in Loba's trailer. But these guys are actually on the map in a location specifically that uh, doesn't get blown up. Um, But yeah, Bangalore and Newcastle fight them off. We see a great callback on the last Spectre um, that kind of hints on, hey, what's Newcastle's, you know, identity where him and Bangalore tackle a Spectre and kill the Spectre in the same way, you know, Jackson and Bangalore took down a pilot in the stories from the Outlands, and that callback I think was pretty dang cool. The sea monster hits land, the legends fight it off, they take it out. This crazy freaking looking beast, man, it was interesting to say the least. And then we get the big reveal that Newcastle is Bangalore's brother Jackson. My goodness. Like, it is something we've obviously kind of thought about and hinted about for a while. But getting the actual confirmation in the trailer, what were your kind of impressions seeing it for the first time? Yeah, I mean, like you said, it wasn't a huge shock, but mm-hmm. we were more excited about how is this actually going to play out? You know, like how is he actually going to enter the games? And in this trailer, we learned a lot. You know, the fact that Jackson or Newcastle has been around the Apex games for a considerable amount of time. You know, whether he's hiding in plain sight from Bangalore or Something else is going on has definitely become apparent that I'm excited to see what more we learn in the next few weeks about how is he here and why. And we'll get more into that. I hope we get a stories from the Outlands as well. Like that kind of explains it. Um, Some interesting gameplay notes I see floating around from the trailer. You always got to take these launch trailers with a grain of salt. Uh, in terms of you know what actually makes its way into the games. Uh, there's always liberties taken for the cinematic, uh, but people are noting that they saw the Spitfire and what it looks to be a new energy AR on the weapon racks in those security holds. Uh, and so obviously, you know, if those are around, that means Spitfire back on the ground in theory, uh, and then a new weapon, which wasn't announced. So there's obviously some, you know, miscommunication there or or there a delay on us getting announced that there would be a new weapon which is not normal Um, and then in that security hold it also on screen says engage console for equipment upgrade if that leads into you know an actual in-game feature of a reason to go to these that'd be cool maybe it does Um, anything that like these ideas would play into for you spitfire back would you like it? Would you hate it? And I know you're all about upgrading weapons and not even yeah. use a replicator to do it is an interesting idea. Um, in regards to this new POI with weapon, weapon racks, um, I think it's going to be really, really tricky to get the Spitfire out of the care package right now. Mm-hmm. Um, just with the fact that the Rampage is where it is, I think you would really disturb the meta to have those weapons side by side 
I think you'd have to swap them. You'd probably have to swap them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I just feel like, what's the point? And yeah. it, it just seems weird. So I'm kind of doubtful of that. And then the Energy AR, we have heard about. There is, you know, we know there's a full art file for that weapon in game. But like you said, Shay, they're not going to keep a new weapon a secret um, at this point, like when the release trailers mm-hmm. come out. Mm-hmm. So it's unlikely that we'll actually see this actualized uh, this season. For the security hold, mm-hmm. you know, text saying that you engage the console for an equipment upgrade. I love that. And how I predict that playing out is similar to how the trials works, where maybe there's three different rounds where you activate them and have to fend off waves of specters. And instead of getting access to gold armor and Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. ammo and things like that in the like vaults almost, you can go in there, pick up any weapon, and then while you're in there, you can upgrade that weapon to blue, purple, yeah, whatever. I, I think that's a pretty cool idea. And are you saying you get to upgrade it because you kill specters and clear waves? Or are we saying you get to upgrade it in the in-game resources that we already have in crafting? It'd be another way to spend crafting, essentially. Maybe you get crafting. That's a good idea. My thought was more so waves and then you'd evolve the weapons. Um, and their tier, but maybe that's a little far fetched. I, I think Another, it's a cool idea. Yeah, just because I feel like you're going to have to go there and pick up a weapon off the rack, and then that's the weapon that will be upgradable. Mm-hmm. It's also possible that there's three different stages and compartments, and as you progress through the stages, you can mm-hmm. pick up a new rarity of the weapons on the rack. That's okay. maybe more likely. But for a long time, you know, we've been messing around with LTMs and yeah. mm-hmm. in-game uh, like examples of tearing up weapons as you go. And so I like that idea. And honestly, we have been talking about Spectres being in the game for two years now. A um, long time. Really, really excited about that. Um, I think it's going to be great. So I've seen, before I get into, we're going to talk about Jackson and Newcastle a lot more. But before we get into that, I saw an interesting theory on how the specters could work on a PVE standpoint. If Because right now, here's our concerns with this season, and I'll be upfront with people. Based off the trailer, it I looks like it. we're having a very minimal map change. Like this, There's rumors that the sea monster is going to turn into a POI, and then maybe we get this security hold. Maybe there's one of them. Maybe there's multiple of them that pop up around the map. Um, but... How does this PVE element of a specter, if that's the way they go, get introduced? One way I've seen people theorizing is, hey, the IMC is going to have to come in to do some stuff now that these security holds have popped up. Like it's triggered an alert, essentially. And these specters are going to clear out the wildlife that's on Storm Point. And so there's going to be specters either roaming or the wildlife's just going to be gone because that's what the specters have been doing as we transition into the new season and the new map once they were activated. Oh man, what a cool <laughs> theory. I mean, that's really dangerous, obviously. Mm-hmm. Like having totally. robots with guns patrolling the map. It's Fortnite. People aren't really going to like that. But yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. That's a page right out of the bots in Fortnite. Um, where right now you have the guards that you know roam around. I think that's cool, honestly. 
Um, but it's a big shakeup to what we have right now. And given all the backlash about Prowler nests, I don't really think that's going to happen. I think if Prowlers are in fact on Stormpoint, they'll be in a very contained environment. Uh, can they introduce prowlers and keep the current PVE elements though? I think that's kind of like one of the questions. Yeah. Or is it like, okay, at that point we just have, we have too much PVE on the map. It, it's everywhere at that point. And it's only contained yeah. onto one map is kind of the other thing that's a little interesting currently. Yeah, that was definitely one of my first reactions to the trailer in that, wow, we're doubling down on the PVE for Stormpoint. Um, I will say you could do it. I think you could do it. I, I I think it's possible. I think that's fair. And I'm excited to see what happens. I'm sure like we'll get the gameplay trailer and stuff coming up. So we'll see more and those answers. Those questions will be answered. I almost did it again. I've said those answered will be questions multiple times on this podcast. <laughs> uh, before we get into the rest of the episode, though, here's a quick word from our sponsors. Welcome back. Let's talk Bangalore and Jackson. And... A quick little refresher on anyone that's maybe newer to Apex, doesn't really know the full backstory, but so Bangalore and Jackson were IMC soldiers, and after the Battle of Gridiron, they retreated in the Hestia spaceship uh, to the Outlands. A lot more details that obviously go into that, but that's kind of the overall thing. Uh, We saw the continuation of the story in Bang Story from the Outlands, Gridiron. Now, we don't have the exact details of Jackson's supposed death. Hopefully, we find that out soon. But it's believed that one day a live grenade appeared on the outer hell helm of their ship out of nowhere, and the explosion separated a large chunk of ship away, including Jackson with it. We have a pretty famous um, loading screen that kind of has that imagery on it, which is what people pull from. And it's then believed Jackson was lost in deep space. Bangalore thinks he survives, though, and continues to search and compete in the games for a very long time before eventually, in our recent Apex Chronicles, coming to terms with Jackson's death, in theory, and deciding to leave the Apex games because of that. Uh, But now, obviously, we get Newcastle showing up and the revelation that Jackson's still alive. So now we're where we are currently. Hopefully, like we said, more stories from the Outlands, so we learn more. Um, But we got a lot of questions, I think, at least, based off of how this story is going. Yeah, a lot of questions. And even one of the early questions that has been answered but is still kind of worth uh, re-looking at is, for a lore reason, why is Bangalore in the games? For the longest time, we have believed that Bangalore is competing in the games to raise money to hire a pilot to take her home. And we kind of always knew that was far-fetched and that she probably could never raise enough money to do something like mm-hmm. that. Because um, you got to find a pilot that's willing to sacrifice their life because it's a 20-year yeah. journey, essentially. Yeah, so that's what we've been banking on. But now we're kind of realizing that she never... That wasn't her priority. Her priority was to kind of think about Jackson, find out what happened to him, find him being alive. And it's just kind of interesting that then she comes to the realization Jackson is no longer. Boom, an opportunity presents itself to her to go home for free almost, um, which I think is kind of interesting. That she switched up really quick. Games mm-hmm. Really switched up, and mm-hmm. what she was working towards for years just kind of fell on her lap. 
Yeah, and, but and all that's, that's getting rid of and that's anyway. part of some of the questions though. Like, yeah. I'm curious, and we're gonna talk about it soon. But like, how do they explain Newcastle being alive? Like, mm-hmm. how do they explain Jackson surviving and not ever showing up to Bangalore? We kind of theorized on that a week or so yeah. ago. So feel free yeah. to check it out. Like, we had some ideas, but that question I'm so interested to get answered. I mean. There's some, why was Rev willing to take Bangalore home? Like he was ready and willing to leave the Outlands in the games. How come? Like he's giving up on, you know, finding, like protecting the source code or finding the source code again so he can end everything for himself. Or is it like, I got a limited time. I can go there and back. No problem. Like but I'd why? be curious. Because he's nice. Because he's nice. Oh yeah. What's he going to get out of it? I mean, Bangalore leaving the games opened that question of could a legend ever actually leave? I think this is a confirmation. No, they're not going to ever actually leave. Um, but man, there's just so many, so many, so many questions still. <laughs> Whenever a legend comes into the games, we get a reason for why are they participating? You know, why are they competing? Now, we don't really know why Bangalore is competing because so much has changed. Maybe she'll continue to compete to spend time with her brother but why is newcastle here you know like what's not only why on? is he here why has he been trying so long yeah. 40 times and i i, I don't want to spend too much time on this because i think we're going to get the answers in theory very soon so we don't like if you want our theories go back to the last time we talked to newcastle about a week ago um and you can hear that but I think we're going to find out soon, and I hope it's a really cool story because there's a lot of ways it could go. But let's keep talking about Newcastle and talk about abilities in theory. Um, so obviously, based off of the you know announcement, he was described as the hero of Harris Valley. Never heard of Harris Valley before, um, so I'm curious to know what that comes from. But Newcastle will need to shield his squad mates and his secrets to survive the Apex Games. Ooh, dun dun dun! And then we got. A couple abilities that were basing off the cinematic in theory, but a passive that looks like, hey, looks like he, this guy can, you know, drag down players, revive them at the same time, and has some sort of energy shield that he works with to deflect bullets uh, at the same time. You got a tactical, a deployable shield that moves a bit, you know, based off of his direction and his movements. Um, and then you got an ultimate that just looks absolutely crazy. You huge leap and you throw a mini fortress down. Um, it's always a tough time to talk about legends abilities because you know we're going to get so much more information very soon but first impressions off of kind of seeing him at least in the cinematic taking the cinematic aspect of it as it is the first impressions are we love defensive legends like this is a welcome addition when you ask us but the majority of casual and high skill players don't you know Defensive legends do not perform well in terms of their popularity. We are, though, still excited for Newcastle. But at the same time, it has to be mentioned that he's probably the most recycled out of any legend in terms of his kit that we've seen to date. Passive is kind of the old lifeline passive with the, you know, you drop it down and you have a shield and you're doing a a revive. Now you can move, but he won't be able to shoot. So a little bit of a trade-off, perhaps, on the passive pulled from Lifeline. A better version of Rampart's tactical in his ultimate ability with the Portafort. 
And then a more niche, it seems, Gibraltar Shield Tactical. Can a legend be successful starting in this place of kind of repurposed three different legends' abilities? Yeah. It's hard because there's only so much you can do with defense and support as well. Like if you're going to introduce someone that's going to be a support legend and heal, what, how do you make something competitive with auto-resing? You know, yeah. like how do you compete with that? And so, yeah, I guess that it totally makes sense that there's similarities as well in that standpoint. But yeah, this is a tough legend. I mean, if you're going after Gibraltar, which a lot of people will say he is, and I think they're part of the kit is, but I think Henry and I do see him as a bit different. That's a really freaking hard legend to go after. Gibraltar's got the complete kit. Defense, offense, personal power, team power. He's got it all in every way, shape, and form. That's tough, essentially. And even if you're going after that character, you're going after a niche that's wildly unpopular. Gibraltar has a horribly low pick rate in the grand scheme of things. It's just comp that he's essentially kind of like needed and high levels of ranked. And if we're bringing in a character to compete for that player base, essentially, I think that's a really cool idea. And I don't think this guy does it as of now, but I will say a lot more information to learn on how the abilities work, cooldowns, you know, quantity of abilities and such as well. So we'll see. But Gibraltar's a tough dude to try and go, you know, take on if that's who we're IDing as the person. Yeah. I think that will probably be how it shakes down. But I will kind of curb that bet by saying, I think Newcastle might compete more with Lifeline than Gibraltar. And I, I agree, but I'm saying in terms of like at, at a high level, Lifeline's not being played. Yeah. Like Lifeline's not being played. It's like we always talk about when new characters coming in. How could they compete in high levels of ranked or ALGS? Lifeline yeah. doesn't. Gibraltar does. So that's who you'd be going after in that niche. I agree with you. This is more of a healer or reser in that way that it does directly compete more with Lifeline in the short term. It's still super early though. Like we haven't seen the application. We don't know the cooldown. So I'm excited to look into all that. Um, And yeah, it's still a unique idea for a legend. And I am excited. We're definitely going to get into it. We already have it penciled out. We'll be mastering Newcastle. And uh, I look forward to it. You know, we like this play style and it should be fun. Mm-hmm. Hey, you guys, you're going to get an absolutely great perspective. Henry's a lifelong Gibraltar and he'll probably lead the mastering for this character because of how niche that fit is together. And so we're going to be able to do some really cool compare and contrast. And I'll be able to try and make some bold statements that'll get shut down, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> Let's talk. So we got mini patch notes, essentially, like the little announcement notes that came out with this trailer. Um, we talked about the Newcastle note already, but we got a Stormpoint map update confirmation called the Down East. And the you know, kind of like teaser is what treasures lie on the shores of Stormpoint, stay sharp and stick together. Even dead beasts hold danger. I think that's just alluding to the fact that you're going to be able to go inside the sea monster. It's going to be a POI. There's going to be loot inside of it. Maybe there's some a cool special feature in some way, shape, or form. Even more PvE. Even more PvE. But dude, I'm nervous about the size of the map update in theory right now. Like, eh, That's fair, crazy. but think about this last season with Olympus. You know, yeah. we, we got some shifts. We got two more POIs to Olympus. 
it was minor. Like there's mm-hmm. no doubt that that update was minor. This one will also be minor. Um, I don't think the map changes will be the downfall of this season, mm-hmm. but I don't, I'm not in the, I don't think this will be an unsuccessful season as of now. We don't have to be negative at mm-hmm. all, but if you personally felt like Mad Maggie wasn't a hit, I don't think Newcastle mm-hmm. will be able to outperform mm-hmm. Maggie. Mm-hmm. Totally tough so niche I'll leave to it crack at that. into. Um, here's the exciting thing, though, I think. Or maybe not the exciting thing. Here's the oh, controversy. It, it was exciting? It's okay. exciting. Ranked Reloaded. So that is the tagline, and here's the description. Rise and fall through the ranks together in a reworked ranked system that rewards teamwork and skill. The rumors are true. Hashtag save Apex Legends ranked should be trending because... Josh did not lie to us. It looks like we're going to get an overhaul. We'll go straight into it. I mean, we talked ranked in depth last week on Saturday, and I think our thoughts absolutely should be listened to now more than ever on you know why the system's there, and we talked about what we would change. But this sentence to me, rise and fall, that screams demotion. Teamwork and skill, that screams Team KP. That's kind of what people are talking about. It's a crazy idea. It might come to the games, though. It is crazy. I mean, if that really is the case, and that's what we're reading here, what a like mega shift to how you're going to play ranked. Um, making such a bold change now after two pretty momentous changes season to season, it, it's going to turn some heads. Um, like you said, maybe this is controversial and that It'll depend on if you like this or don't like this. But needless to say, if you felt like ranked was broken, they're doing something. Mm -hmm. They are doing something. I hope we get a really nice explanation of why. Um, I think the funniest thing that I saw was Nicewig talking about these changes. And he said, oh, so we're going to reward teamwork and skill. I thought we were already supposed to be doing that in the current rank system based off team-based games. So are you saying that we haven't been rewarding teamwork and skill up until that point? A little hyperbolic, but I did think it was kind of a funny note for sure to include that in your sentence. (laughs) Yeah, it is. It's really hard to come. I mean, we talked about on our last episode, how do you reward skill in a team-based BR ranked mode? That is a challenging concept and even though you and i feel like we enjoy ranked we understand the progress a lot of people think the main reason that ranked doesn't quite work is the matchmaking isn't Mm -hmm. effective so by tearing down the point structure and starting from scratch maybe those uh those issues will be rectified but Mm -hmm. i think nicewick is right in saying Aren't we already trying to do that? Why do we need to start from scratch in order mm-hmm. to achieve that if we're already so close and that's not the real issue? Yeah. I think that's pretty valid. I agree. We're going to wrap this up though now with a couple uh, five star questions. Uh, and the first question coming from Paranormal, five star. Hey guys, love the podcast. Keep up the great work. I always look forward to a new episode. Here's my question for you What are some ways to enhance my experience and play style as a solo queuer? queuer? I always I usually get to diamond without much trouble, but I find that it's very tough to rank up in diamond without the superior communication that comes with reliable teammates. Do you think that there are different tactics that might help me at higher tiers when I'm solo queuing? Thanks, dudes. Two really good questions for the most part. Um, number one, if you're looking to enhance your experience as a solo queuer, 
Octane is probably the best solo queue legend in the game. Um, I think you're going to get a lot of bang for your buck choosing them. Other options, I think Valkyrie can be really good as a solo player, especially in ranked, because you're able to get the survey data and then just redeploy yourself to exactly where you want to go. You don't have to rely on teammates to make a strategic and a rotational move while also having a damage-dealing tactical and a movement-based passive. She's got a great kit for that. Both of those combined, I play solo Loba more than either of those two. The ability to control your loot is really important in a gun game. And I'll just dive right into the second question and let Shay uh, address them as well. If you're trying to solo queue past Diamond, I got nothing for you. Um, I, I really don't. There are people that can solo queue to Master, Pred, whatever. They're savages. You know, mm-hmm. if you're asking how to do that, I'm not sure if Shay and I can tell you, oh, you, you have to do this or that. It comes down to incredible gun skill, incredible game sense, and just the ability to outperform the best players in the game on a consistent basis in a current rank system that forces you to mm-hmm. perform well in placement and get kills really hard. I think solo queue into diamond is probably the best you're going to be able to do from a strategy standpoint. You're not yeah. doing anything that can be improved in that regard. There is a small handful of players that have accomplished the solo queue, you know, bronze to masters. There's always the streamers that do the challenge and it's quite impressive. And like you said, there are different levels of players. I can't give you advice. I couldn't do it. Like I'll be straight up with you 100%. And so I can't speak to how you should try and do it. I think Henry gave some great legend tips. I'll second those and agree with those for sure. Um, it's a team-based game though. So it's, incredibly challenged to challenging to tackle something like that but i think in general if you want a solo queue to master you got to realize you as an individual need to be as good as two people on the other team because you need to have the skills to take 1v2s and to clutch a 1v3 and your rat skills need to be top notch as well like when things go awry you've got to be able to save that rp and not take those minuses um that's what I would say, but I, if, I'd go watch a streamer try and do it and see what they think based off of that. Um, there's some great VODs out there. That's the best bet. Next question coming from Bazooka Joe. Joe, coming from Discord. I have a pack of Bazooka Bubblegum in my drawer right Ooh, now. So that sounds freaking it's delicious. A great great mm-hmm. callback here. Hey guys, I've been watching your pod ever since I found it. Love every episode you guys make. I've been playing since day one, but stopped season seven, eight, nine. Picked up Apex again season 10. So here's my question. Ever since ALGS came out last season, I've noticed wingman pick rate increased this season. It seems like it's easy to use now in ranked. The wingman. What an interesting gun this season, because it has been getting some attention as of recently, and there's a lot of people calling for a wingman nerf. Um, I'll personally say, I think I've always seen people use the wingman in the ALGS. The wingman is a gun for the most skilled players. The most skilled players compete in the ALGS, so they maximize the heck out of the wingman, and it's been a go-to for a long time. Ammo conservation, close range, long range ability. Uh, it's a very solid weapon. You've kind of had a, I, would, I wouldn't say like come around, because oh, I would. you've always, I would say like, you've never like hated the gun, 
in terms of no. things, but you've started using it a ton more this season. So if you want to speak to that, feel free. Yeah, I think my newfound love for the wingman as a very viable option comes from the boosted loader being in the game and just being so accessible this season, more so than before. Um, that being said, aside from the boosted loader, the wingman has had nothing but nerfs for the last three years. So it's just like to say that it's in this powerful state that it's never been before, apart from having the boosted loader attached to it, isn't really true. Its popularity is probably more subjective than anything mm-hmm. because really if you're working with a gold hop up. Yeah. This split, I would say, um, last split, they at the very end, they tweaked the spawn rate of the boosted loader, which I think may have affected some things. But at the same time, this rank split, we're now on King's Canyon with explosive holds, which is going to mean there's going to be more boosted loaders on the map. So maybe it's in a weird balancing state in terms of how powerful the wingman is due to the boosted loader availability. But more so, I think this is still a very high skill weapon um, that you sacrifice a lot to use. And I wouldn't say it needs a nerf. To be honest, I think this kind of hop-up works really great for the wingman. It does hurt to be killed by the wingman probably a lot, but Mm -hmm. it's an inconsistent weapon. Um, It's an inconsistent weapon. I think it is hurt as well by the G7 going to the care pack as a gun that I think a lot of people would have used essentially to, in a way, replace it. Um, But I will also say, I think people have the idea of, hey, let's nerf the wingman by reintroducing the skull piercer is something I see a lot of people talk about. Um, not a horrible idea, but like you said, you and I use it for the boosted loader. So I think that kind yeah. of accomplishes part of what maybe the goal is if people think, hey, this is an overused, overbearing weapon. If they make a change like that, just give me the data behind it. Tell me why too many people are dying the wingman and stuff. Because like you said, it's a subjective gun and by the numbers, it's by no means a dominator per se i don't think the skull piercer is coming back um, <laughs> it already did come back and we kind of broke down the numbers at the time where the skull piercer does not considerably affect mm-hmm. the headshot damage as much as you think it does and if that's what we're complaining about the wingman right now that oh i'm just dying to consecutive wingman headshots the damage needs to come down I don't think it's the damage that needs to come down. It is incredibly difficult to hit mm-hmm, multiple mm-hmm. headshots. So that's a skill-based weapon. We're not going to nerf a high skill-based weapon. Yeah. Plus, the longbow is not on the ground anymore. So mm-hmm. we can't bring back the skill piercer for a second time. But I mean, the, the nerf would be because the boosted loader is gone, essentially, which is what we've just talked about. And but, I'd be and, open to that. No and problem. we'd have to have to bring the longbow back. And I, I think that's going to happen. I think the longbow and flatline are going to come out and get cycled in with two new guns. That would be my prediction for the season. We'll see if I that uh, so. turns out. Um, I'd, be pretty, I'd be pretty sad if they kept them in there. But that's going to wrap up this episode, though. Thank you to our producer, The Third Party 10, who supports over on Patreon. Subscribe on Apple Pods, or follow on Spotify, and check out the Discord via link in the description. Thanks so much for listening to The Third Party Podcast. I'll catch you next time. Peace. Hey now, another squad coming in. Boom, whole squad down. Hey, brother, not today. Maybe tomorrow. <laughs>